Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a young inventor working hard to get admitted to the San Francisco Institute of Technology. Here today to help me finish my project is my good friend and a coach from Vanguard Tactics. He's the best robotic care provider you could ask for. He's the Baymax to my hero Hamada, Mr. Michael Costello. Mike, how's it going? Um, great, thank you, yes. <laughs> Baymax, what a reference. What a film. Best Disney movie of the last, like, 30 years. Love that movie. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I need to watch it again at some point. Um, Necrons are here. Necrons are here. They've, they've it's woken. exciting. It's very exciting. The uh, it's a, the most exciting time for Necrons, I think, for a very long time, in that their army has a thing to do that isn't just not dying and standing back up. Yes, agreed. They the the overhauls to this codex from the index, I think, are the most dramatic of any changes from index to codex that Tenth has done so far. Yeah, and I think it's great. So, uh, all right, guys. So, obviously, we're here to talk about the Necrons uh, Codex for 10th edition. Uh, before we get started, a huge thanks to Games Workshop for sending uh, us preview copies of this new book so that we could uh, get this ready. We did actually delay releasing this episode or, or recording this episode a little bit because we wanted to, to um, be able to talk about the new points changes as well. So, that's why you guys are getting this a little bit late. But we've at least had time to pour over the materials and get a little comfy with with what's in the book. So, uh, we will also be talking about some of the points changes today, too. So with that said, uh, before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty, let's stop real quick for our first sponsor of the day, The Outpost. The Competitive 40K Podcast is proudly supported by The Outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting The Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in-store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables, and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, The Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www.the-outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in-store. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. I'm on there at, at InfantryLawyer40K, and Mike is on there at, at VT underscore Mike underscore. Uh, and with that, um, Mike, let's talk about the, uh, the changes, um, to the army rule. Yeah. Um, I, are there changes to the army rule or have they been so subtle? I haven't noticed. I think, I think, well, oh no, no, no. It's just the fact that it's the army rule is the same, but it's actually the fact that all of the other things in the codex that work into the army rule have changed. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yes. So, absolutely. Yeah. You still reanimate uh, during the command phase. You still get D3 wounds back for every unit, which I think is the most simplified version of reanimation protocols that has ever existed, uh, especially with the, the way how difficult it was to reanimate things like Scorpec Destroyers and Ninth Edition. I think this version of the rule is great. You just get D3 wounds back. If it brings a model back on only one wound, so be it. So that's great. But then um, one of the biggest changes that you will notice in this book is the fact that Things like um, the reanimations for Necron Warriors has changed a little bit, right? You no longer that's right. Roll the yep. yeah, you no longer reroll the dice. Now you get D six instead of D three wounds back. Oh, it's the other way around. So it used to oh, be the other D6. way around. I did yes. it backwards. See, this is what happens when I record at five a.m. <laughs> uh, and I'm still trying to remember what the hell I'm talking about. 
so it used to be D6 or D3 plus 3 if you were on an objective marker you control. Now you just get to re-roll the dice. Thank you for correcting that. I think we've established, we've established that I should shut up and just intro the things and I'll let you do the talking since you are actually awake. So Fair enough. we're doing really well so far. Thanks guys for listening still. Yeah. I'm not a moron, I promise. All right. Anyway, so as you were saying, and then there were changes to the Canoptic Reanimator, which I will not speak of. Yes, um, I can understand the the soreness on this subject. So the, the Canoptic Reanimator used to be a 12-inch aura of an extra D3 for every unit within that range that, that had its reanim- reanimation protocols enacted. Um, now it's a three-inch range. So it's a lot less um, powerful across the whole army. Like you can't just have it in the middle and then everybody just gets an extra D3 back. And you can't hide it behind walls uh, and, and get its buff. But um, Yeah, unless unless the, the, the unit you're trying to reanimate is right on the other side of the, yeah. the wall. So at least you still don't have to have line of sight like you did in the last edition, which was kind of uh, yes made things very challenging and made the canoptic reanimator not live very long. So yeah, that's true. I and I was I will admit when I saw this change I was very grumpy and complained about it to Steve. Uh the the change of the aura distance and he was like, yeah, but people are hiding it inside of buildings and then it has this massive aura and that it can't be touched. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. That's fair. It's it's I understand why they made the change. It was just, you know, I just want the Canoptic Reanimator to be great again. And it was for yeah. five minutes. And I wasn't playing Necrons during those five minutes. So to put some silver lining on it, it is a lot cheaper now. Yes. Yeah. The points the points on it changed a lot. It came down, what, 20 points or something 30, like that? I think. Yeah. 105 to 75. And it's still got four up on a pain. It's not the worst unit in the world and you probably will no. use it in a couple of the detachments it's just not yeah or include that it used to be yes and as i we will we will probably mention in a few minutes when we get to, to talking about the detachments um there's one detachment that really likes monoliths yes monoliths are awesome now mm. and uh and you can actually since a monolith is pretty good at blocking line of sight you could just park a reanimator right behind it and hide it from being shot there and then the monolith will reanimate maybe i shouldn't have said that out loud but anyway, you can at least do that for right now. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, so I do want to come on to the, the reanimation protocols real quick. Uh, come back yes. to it, rather. Um, so this does happen at the end of the command phase. So that will happen after Battleshock. But you can have it happen before you choose who's controlling or work out the level of control on objective markers. It's just an important one for you Necron players. And you people playing against Necrons is it will happen after Battle Shock, but it can yeah, keep that in mind. Or don't. Market. Yeah, it's one of those rules you want to remember because your opponent may not even intentionally misplay it, but they may misplay it, and you will want to be able to catch that because that could make a big difference. Well, wait, yeah, because you're doing it. You said you do it after after Battle Shock and after mm-hmm. scoring. Uh, we so. can do it before scoring. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you can't bring back models to avoid taking Battleshock tests. It's basically the uh, the shtick. Got um, it, you, okay. You can steal objectives with it. Got it. And with the new rule, which I was just um, playing around with this past weekend uh, when Shauna was, was bringing her uh, Termagants back from the dead. It's a completely different annoying uh, concept, uh, conversation about annoyance. Um, the, the bodies 
that you know the the fact now that you have to any model you bring back has to come back into coherency with you with models that were already in play at the start of the yeah. turn. That is a great rule. No more stringing things out. And I hadn't had to deal with that yet in tenth. When we when we read the rule to clarify it, I was very excited and she was very sad because. <laughs> <laughs> Because she said she had that played against her all all of ninth edition, and mm. she was like, "Oh, I'm going to string these out to grab this objective now." And I went, "I don't. I think the rule changed." We looked it up, and no, 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 yeah, you can't do that. So, yeah. and actually, shout out by the way to uh, Ryan Carer and his lovely wife Leah, um, who uh, hosted us last weekend, and we had a weekend of Warhammer with uh, another couple, and it was um, a lot of practice games. We got four practice games in a weekend, which is revolutionary for my wife and I. So, sidestep. Thank you, Ryan and Leah, for hosting us. You guys are awesome. All right, now moving on, let's start talking about some detachments because there's six in this book and there's, there's a couple really awesome ones. There's, you know, there's the one that you already know and love. And then there's a couple that are theoretically interesting, I guess we'll go with, right? Yeah, sure. Interesting. Sure. We'll call them interesting. I won't sugarcoat it when we get there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Let's, we, 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 we will not sugarcoat it. We're going to, we're going to cut right to, uh, cut right to the quick on this one. Uh, before we get started, let's do a quick stop for Color Forge, and then we'll come back, and that way we can go un, uh, undistracted. So, ladies and gentlemen, Color Forge. The Competitive 4K Podcast is supported by Color Forge. I found Color Forge 18 months ago, and I was blown away by the quality of the product. I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to Citadel base color, so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out www.thecolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products. All right, we are back. Let's start talking about detachments, Mike. Um, I am slowly starting to wake up, so my brain is activating, but I'm still going to... I'll just read the text and you comment about it. So that, okay. um, you know, we can keep this thing moving. All right. First and foremost is the Awakened Dynasty. Um, and I do actually, I was smart enough to plan ahead and write some notes on this one. Um, there are some changes. The, the detachment, um, uh, the, the detachment rule changed and all of the enhancements changed. So, or three of the four enhancements changed. So there's that. But the uh, detachment rule uh, says, while a Necron's character model is leading this unit, each time a model in this unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. That's the same way it was in the um, index, right? Uh, yes, very similar, okay. yeah. Um, this is actually th- probably one of the most powerful detachment rules. Um, it's yeah. understated because we're used to it by now. Uh, but this, the biggest impact of this is actually technomancers and wraiths. That's the biggest impact here because those wraiths normally hit on fours. Now they hit, hit on threes. Yeah. So uh, they do have a dedicated detachment themselves. But if you're looking for them to do some damage... This is the detachment uh, for that. Yeah. And you guys, you're going to hear us mention wraiths repeatedly in this uh, episode, I think. So, all right. Um, but before we get to that, enhancements. The only enhancement from the index that remained is the Veil of Darkness, the ubiquitous, ever-present Necron Veil of Darkness. It is still here. It still allows you to pick up a unit and teleport it anywhere on the field, uh, nine inches away from any enemy models. Yep. Still auto-include. Still auto-include if you're going to take this detachment. Uh, because this is it's huge for mission play. It's huge for you know catching out that one unit that you know is sitting in the backfield hiding from your guns, looking at you, night spinners. Um, so yeah, it's good. Now the next one is the Nether Realm casket. 
Necrons model only while the bearer's leading unit models that unit have the stealth ability. Nice. Yeah. Keep a unit alive. Minus one to hit is always very, very annoying over the course of a game. And you could put this on a Technomancer to make those wraiths even more uh, persistent. Yes, I was just going to say, and and the unit that everybody's going to want to put this on, probably Technomancer. Um, Because uh, as Mike mentioned, one of the big changes in this book is Technomancers can now join units of wraiths. It's, yeah. That's the only one, that's the only other cryptex that can join the race, right? That's right. Um, the other units that you're, we're, we're going to talk about a lot are immortals. Um, and this is also a good way of protecting those guys too. Um, yes. Yeah. Immortals, very strong now. But mostly because of the, bu- the debuffs to, uh, uh, to warriors. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, the next enhancement is Phasal Subjugator. It's an aura ability while a friendly Necrons unit, excluding character units, because they had to make sure that was out there to stop it from benefiting the Silent King. Um, so while a Necron's unit is within six inches of the bear, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. So because the army, the detachment rule says you have to have a Necron's character model in the unit to get the rule. This one allows you to spread that rule around a little bit. You just can't use it to buff characters that aren't in units, i.e. the silent King. Well, you can't buff characters in units either, um, because the character keyword applies to the whole unit. So if you had this guy next to, let's say, Immortals being led by a character, you wouldn't actually be able to apply the plus one to hit there. So you don't get like a double stacking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if you were getting a penalty, then you, then it would stack, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, the prime place for this is um, to support all your fire platforms, your Doomstalkers, your heavy destroyers, um, all of that good stuff. Even the Monolith would benefit from this guy, this guy being nearby. And uh, dare I say it, Hexmark Destroyer, Lone Operative, probably the way to go. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Or uh, perhaps a squad of uh, uh, death marks who probably wouldn't mind having a plus one to hit. But I guess they're... It's only so far. <laughs> you can push yeah. those though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right. And then the last one is Enagic Dermal Bond. Necron's model only. The bear has feel no pain for possibility. Mm-hmm. It's, it's simple. It's clean. Yeah. Worth, worth yeah. mentioning here, one of the big changes to Transcendence uh, Catans is that they can't have enhancements. Um, so you used to be able to put this four plus invulnerable say uh, for feeling of pain on a uh, satan. You can't anymore. Oh, okay. That's that's good to know. All right. So moving on. Uh, that is it. Well, well, no, we still got the strats. Uh, did any of the strats change? I yes. Okay. Yes. Which yes. which ones changed? So some names have changed. Um, we've got the bring back a character uh, at the end of the phase. So that's a minor tweak there. Uh, we've still got the reanimate after you've been attacked, which is still the best stratagem in that detachment. Um, we've still got the AP and strength buff for combat. We've got assault and the reroll advances. Now, here's the change, and it's quite a big one, and actually makes this detachment very much worth a look in, especially if you, you're used to the other detachment and you don't really want to change too much yet. Protocol of the Conquering Tyrant is a battle tactic. Now, what this allows you to do is uh, when you're shooting, if you're targeting someone within half range, you reroll hit rolls of one. But if a character's leading the unit, you reroll all of your hit rolls instead. This used to be reroll wounds, um, but with the the buff or rather debuff to warriors making immortals seem better, and they are better, and they have actually had their own buff with range increases, etc. They reroll wounds. So actually reroll hits is what you want on those guys. And we're looking for this tasty combo of reroll hits, critical hits on fives, and sustained hits too. And we can get that from this 
stratagem, which is a battle tactic, which means the Overlord is now worth looking at to lead those immortals. Got it. All right. Because now you're fishing for fives. You, you, this is the, the rerolls allows you to fish for those fives and sixes for the, for the double explodes mm-hmm. um, uh, on the immortals. So, um, yeah. And a base, a base hit of, of two plus, of course, because you're, you're leading them with a the character. Yeah. Which is very good. Then the last stratagem has changed, uh, arguably worse now. It's two command points, and it's when a, a Necron unit is dead. You can pick a character unit, so that includes units including characters, within six inches, uh, and that character unit can shoot the unit that destroyed one of your Necron, uh, Necron units. But 2CP kind of pushes it out of the gate, to be honest. Yeah. That's a lot just for a, your character gets to shoot back at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So... Those are those are the major changes for the Awakened Dynasty. Um, that's the, which is the same one that was in the index. Now we're going to get on to the brand new stuff, the the new and shiny, which is what we're here for. Um, except the Annihilation Legion, which we're not here for, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, look. If you want to take it, I'm all for you. Let me know how you get on. Um, it's very thematic, but uh, yes, it is very thematic. Um, I will say because I'm I'm trying to shift away from the the common Reddit, Twitter, some other podcasts um, attitude of um, oh it's trashed here it's no good don't use it because I don't think that's true because there are people who can probably make this work what this is is this is going to be playing Necrons on on a little bit more of a hard mode you could probably make this because the rest of the units in the book are really strong. So you could probably make this work. It's just going to be a lot more effort than say the Canoptic court, which we'll get to in a minute. Would you agree with that? Uh, this is the worst detachment in all of the codexes released so far. Yes. By this, this quite one some distance, I think. <laughs> yes. There are, there's not a lot to commend And the cool idea is, and you know, I think we were all waiting for this time. Like, Oh, there's going to be a detachment with destroyer cult. Yeah. The detachment rule is, Affects destroyer cult and flayed ones. So they grouped all those together. This is some, this is the annihilation legion. You're supposed to go forth and destroy, and then drape the skins of your fallen foes upon you. And that sounds great, except the detachment rule is not very helpful. We'll call it. Yeah, um, you get you get reroll charges. Yeah, you can reroll charges, and if one or more targets of that charge are below half strength which we know how often that happens without them being already wiped off the table. Uh, add one to the charge roll as well. It's cute. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's not, great for, yeah. for all those, for all those monstrously effective melee units in the game. Okay. Um, it, and I will also point out the irony that because this affects destroyer, destroyer cult and flayed ones, there are three destroyer cult units in the book, Scorpex, Ophidians, and the uh, locust destroyers. One of those three does not even care about charge distances because locusts <laughs> no. and heavy locust destroyers, they want to sit back and shoot at you. So this doesn't even really benefit them. Nope. So that's so there's so there's only three units in the game that this in the I mean three units in the book that this rule benefits, which is kind of unfortunate. Yes. Such as I if, if they had at least said, you know, it gives assault to all of the ranged weapons on destroyer cult and flayed ones, then it, then it would be like, all right, so at least the the locusts can you know, advance and shoot. That would have been something to make it a little better, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that more could have been done here and, and some of the effects of maybe even the stratagems rolled into the detachment rule would, would have been very cool. Like a plus one yeah. hit against below starting strength. That might not be amazing, but it's far better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Oh, well. 
All right, so we'll 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 move on here. The enhancements: the first one, Eternal Madness, Necron's model only uh, in the fight phase. Each time a model in the bearer's unit is destroyed, if that model does not fought this phase, roll d6 on a four up. They get uh, fight on death. Cool. It's cool. It's helpful. I mean, especially because um, yeah, and and there's also I should also point out that for the enhancements, there's no character that can join Ophidians. So and there's no character that can join Flayed ones. I don't think. No, you are absolutely right. No. Yeah, so this only benefits Scorpex or theoretically Locusts, except that well, you don't care about the Locust Destroyers fighting on death. So this can go on just any Necrons model. So oh, if you've yeah, got yeah, other units right. in there, you could put it on Wraiths or Lich Guard or whatever. Oh, right. So um, yeah, yeah, you could put this on a Technomancer and give it to the Wraiths. So, if you wanted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I was stuck thinking Destroyer Cult Flayed ones, but no. Uh, yeah, so, okay. That's so a little better than I was thinking. but. Still, it's expensive. I'll be honest. Yeah, what's the points cost on it? Twenty five, as it stands. Ow. Yeah, it's a little much for the limited because it's on a four up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was a guaranteed fight on death, that may that might be something a bit more interesting. But it's only fifty percent of your stuff on average is going to come back twenty five points to invest on a. If things go really badly, I'll get to punch them in the face. Maybe. Mm. Probably not great. All right, ingrained superiority, Necron's model only. Each time a model in the bearer's unit makes an attack on a critical wound, improve the armor penetration character of that attack by one. Just give them an extra AP on the charge, please. Making a roller sticks <laughs> to get an extra AP is just sad. Yeah. Um, you can put it on any Necron's unit, but... Yeah, this this would stack with the Plasmancer, right? Yeah. This is an attack. It doesn't say melee, so you could put this... For the because you guys are going to hear us talk about the Plasmancer Immortals combo, where you, the Plasmancer gives you critical hits on. Oh, that's critical hits. This is critical wound. This Never is mind. That doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, this is the place you'd roll the most dice, so you're more likely to get sixes to wound. So Immortal Squad with Teslas is probably the best place to use in grain superiority. Yeah, that makes sense because you're going to probably yeah if you if you if you've got if you've got the uh, because the Plasmancer as I was saying guys so you know if you haven't heard. A Plasmancer gives you critical hits on fives. So combine that with Immortals and their sustained hits to Tesla guns, and you're going to probably end up, your your 30 or your, uh, is it 20 base attacks is going to turn into like 40 mm-hmm. hits. Yeah. Um, so, or 30 hits, something like that. So then, yeah, mathematically, you would have more chance to roll critical wounds, but still, it's only on a six up. Just, just run them in a different detachment where you can get reroll hits. Like, it's not, yeah, it's, it's great. That one's right. not great. Yeah. So uh, next one is Soulless Reaper. This is a destroyer cult model only, which means you're only putting this on Scorpec destroyer lords or Locust destroyer lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, each time an enemy unit within engage range of the bearers unit selected to fall back on a D- roll on a D6 on a three plus, that unit cannot fall back this phase and must remain stationary. So if you're trying to run away from a Scorpec destroyer lord and his unit of Scorpex, you have a... 66% chance of them not being able to run away from you. Which is good. Well, you know what? This is the best enhancement. You want to keep them trapped in combat? Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Uh, worth mentioning that the Hexmark Destroyer is also a Destroyer Cult model. Not that you're necessarily going to get them into combat. Um, right. But it's it's an option, I suppose. Um, yeah. What What's good here is there's no like infant or non-vehicle monster restriction. This works on everything. Um, so once That's you- true. Once you do get there, um, you're not going to be able to be shot. 
uh, if you're fighting some of those armies that don't have great combat, this is this is really quite good. You could keep a anything tied up for a turn. Yeah. You know. Um. All right. Eldritch Nightmare Destroyer Cult model again. Only at the start of the fight phase, each enemy unit within engage range of the bearer must take a battle shock test. Again, this is the start of the fight phase, so this is only for Destroyer Cult models that are going to be in melee, Ophidians and Scorpex. And since you can only put this on a Destroyer Cult model, as Mike mentioned, you're putting this on a Scorpex Destroyer Lord. You could put it on a Hexmark or a Locust Lord, but since you don't want them to be in combat anyway, I don't know that this is hugely beneficial. No. It, <laughs> um, look, this would be good if some of the other stuff in the detachment keyed off being Battleshock. Unfortunately, it all just keys off being below starting or half strength. Um, so this, yeah, there's no, there's no shadow on the warp ability. There's no way to cause yeah. army wide battle shock or anything. So, no. or or to or to penalize battle shock. So it's you know, you, there's no. I don't think there's any minus one to battle shock in the book that I could remember. Yeah, seeing. Look, of course, not, the way I'm remembering things this morning, it's amazing that I can know my own name. <laughs> they're not great options. The no fallback is probably the one you include if you have the points. Okay, moving on. So there's um there are there are stratagems in this detachment. Uh the first one is Masks of Death. It's one CP. It is not a battle tactic. Uh you use this in your opponent's shooting phase or in the fight phase. Um after a unit after an enemy unit has selected its targets, one destroyer cult or flayed one's model in your army that was selected as the target of said attack. Um the until the end of the phase, each time an uh each time an attack targets your unit, subtract one from the hit roll. So, okay. Actually good. That's good. You're yeah, probably going to be using this one a lot. Probably um, a lot. It's too bad it's not battle tactics, so you can't, you know. Well, you don't have any way to use them for free anyway. It's just yeah, the overall. I, I was looking for something. I guess it's a good thing that it's not a battle tactic, so you're probably going to use this so much they can't vect it, so there's yeah. that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the competition's not very stiff, so you'll probably be using this one a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a battle tactic, the Spore of Frailty. Uh, when you use this in your shooting phase or the fight phase, uh, one destroyer cult or flayed one's unit that has just been selected to attack till the end of the phase. Each time a model from your unit makes an attack, the targets a unit below starting strength. Add one to the hit roll. If they're below half strength, add one to the wound roll as well. Okay, cool, cool. Makes your makes your uh, destroyer stuff uh, more effective at, at at killing. So some couple good strats at right out of the gate. Yep. Um. So I was just going to say it's worth pointing out that these are probably the only two that really you're going to be using on your ranged destroyer units. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep these two in mind. You can use a lot of play around these two. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I mean, the 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 um, heavy destroyers are still amazing. The regular destroyer uh, locust destroyers are they're cheap. They're thirty points a model. Yeah, they're so all right. They're all right. So you you could theoretically populate your army with those guys as well as your scorpex and ophidians and flayed ones, and you know have them stand back and be minus one to be hit from shooting and then have them shoot back and, you know, get these bonuses from these strats. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Murderous reanimation, battle tactic, one CP. Um, You you activate reanimation protocols in the fight phase for your destroyed cult or flayed ones units. Yes. If they've killed an enemy unit or if they drop a unit to below half strength. It's very thematic. You're probably going to use this. Because you will have taken losses before you get in, uh, so yeah, this is one you'll need to use. Yeah, uh, when when the time but, comes. Yeah, but as you mentioned, this is only for the melee units. Yes. So, um, yeah. 
All right, Pitiless Hunters, one CP, battle tactic. Uh, again, in the fight phase, um, for a destroyer called or flayed one unit that just got that has not yet been selected to fight this phase. Uh, till the end of the phase, they can pile in or consolidate six inches instead of three. It's good. Yeah, I think this is additional pile in is a good thing. It's not bad. Like Scorpion, uh, Scorpex, and Ophidians have quite large bases. They can struggle to get into combat, especially where ruins are involved. Um, so being able to use this is a nice thing to have in the pocket um, and will help you take objectives off people, that kind of thing. So yeah. not bad. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Blood-fueled cruelty, one CP battle tactic. Uh, use this in your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy unit ends a fallback move. Uh, target a destroyer cult or flayed one's unit that started the phase within engagement range, so i.e. the unit that they just fell back from. Roll a D6. On a 2 to 5, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. On a 6, they suffer uh, flat 3 mortal wounds. Uh, your unit can then make a normal move, but must end that move as close as possible to the enemy unit that tried to run away from it. Now, it doesn't say that you can get back into engager range. No, you can't, because it's a normal move. So this is not like some of the Tyranid abilities, all that, where you can make a normal move and, oops, I'm back in combat. No, sadly not. So... so. The upside to this is you do get your full normal move. So an Ophidian unit would move 10 inches, which is actually quite impressive for an out-of-phase yeah. movement. The downside is that your unit would have to end that move as close as possible to the enemy unit. Now, if they've only moved six inches, you could potentially just then surround them with the Ophidian destroyers. But you, I was say, you could just wrap them at 1.1 inches away yeah. and they'd be like, if, I have this, you know, if you have the CP, then just heroically intervene. So there's that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If someone declares a charge, um, but you're going to get shot. Uh, so it's not. Yes. It's not great. It's not amazing. Yeah. Uh, there are tricks for it, but it's not. It's not great. Yeah. All right. Last one. Insanity's ire. Uh, not a battle tactic. One CP. Uh, you uh, use it in your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit has uh, fired their guns. Um, use it on a destroyer cult or flayed ones unit that was uh, that had one or more of its models destroyed by the attacking unit's attacks. Your unit can make a normal move, but must end that move as close as possible to that enemy unit. So they shot at you, and now you get to scuttle towards them. Yeah. This one has um, actually a lot of great uses. Uh, with an army with like the, the Annihilation Legion, you're going to need to take cover a lot. You're going to need to use line of sight blocking terrain. So by moving yourself to be able to then, when you make the normal move closer to the enemy unit, step into terrain and therefore out of sight is going to be key. And actually, your range destroyers, if you do take a hit and lose a model, spending a CP here to duck into the terrain that's just ahead of you is going to be the, the play. Um, yeah. So I could, I could see that one actually being used a fair bit. And as I said, it's a normal move. It's not up to six inches. So your Ophidians get shot, they can move, or they'll have to move 10 inches, um, 8 inches with the other destroyers as well. Yeah. But as we sort of said at the beginning, um, if you want to play the game on hard mode, Annihilation Legion is a thing that is an option for you. However, um, we don't advise it if you want to enjoy your games of 40k, because it does not look like it's a lot of fun to play. What, what is fun and and um, uh, uh, Matt Laura uh, will be coming on the show to talk about his some of his experiences, and we're also going to put in a uh, an article on the website, uh, a blogger article on the on the website very soon. Uh, Matt and I are working on one together right now. Um, 
is the Canoptic Court Detachment, which is probably the one you will see the most. Would you agree with that? Um, I think Hypercrypt is going to be just as common. Oh, okay. Um, when we come to it, and we'll, we'll talk about why. They're, they're two different styles of using Necrons, which I do like. But this is where damage and power can come from Necrons. And that is itself almost revolutionary when it comes to Necrons because they've never really been good at doing damage. Uh, yes. And now they have that opportunity, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Canoptic Court is going to be the, if your opponent just wants to kick your ass, that's the one they're going to take. If they want to play movement shenanigans and play a lot of mission play, um, like which is the the detachment list that I've come up with, um, that will be the Hypercrypt Legion. We'll get to that in a minute. So for now, uh, Canoptic Court, Power Matrix, I'm going to try to summarize this and then uh, Mike's going to tell me where I'm wrong. Um, it basically, um, there the there are three zones that they have broken this up into, and that they are there are or are not going to be within your power matrix. And this is the whole everything is going to key off of whether or not you are in um, your power matrix or not. The deployment zone is your deployment zone, or the Necron player deployment zone is always within the army's power matrix. At the end, at the start of any phase, so it doesn't have to be the start of the turn. The start of any phase. If the Necrons player controls at least half the objective markers in No Man's Land, then the No Man's Land is within the power matrix as well. And it's important to say at least half. So you don't have to do more than half. So on the, the mission where you um, split the objective marker in the middle from one into two, you don't have to hold three of the four No Man's Land. You only still ha only have to hold two, which is good. So you have to hold at least half of the objective markers within No Man's Land. Then that's your No Man's Land, your power matrix. And then at the start of any phase, if you control at least half the objective markers in your opponent's deployment zone, then the, your opponent's deployment zone becomes part of the power matrix. And while you're within the power matrix, what does this do for you? Um, your entire uh, or cryptic or canoptic units from your army um, can reroll hit rolls of one um, if, if that's just regardless. And then if they're within the power matrix, then they get full hit rerolls. Did I summarize that okay? Yeah, basically. A um, few important things to note is your unit has to be wholly within your power matrix. Um, so you can't be sort of some of the models over into No Man's Land if you don't control uh, No Man's Land as your power matrix. You won't get the rerolls on any of the models in your unit. So the whole unit needs to be wholly within your power matrix. Uh, and yes, that's determined at the start of any phase. So if you move on to uh, at least half the objectives, then in your shooting phase, you'll be in your power matrix. Uh, that's probably the key interaction. Um, for charges, if you charge onto an objective and out OC people, then in your fight phase, that area may well become now your power matrix. Um, but you still have to keep the, the holy within. If your deployment zone and no man's land are within your power matrix and you have a model that's halfway in between the two, then you're still in your power matrix. You still hold it within your power matrix, but you are straddling the, the, the zones. Got it. Yeah, and it works all the time. So you will get the rerolls in Overwatch um, as well as any of the other phases in the game. Very cool. I did, yeah, I didn't even think about Overwatch. Yeah, because it just it doesn't say in any particular phase. So yeah, that would that's that's even better. Um, now uh, remember, this only works on Cryptex or Canoptics. So this is going to also definitely be the unit where wraiths are going to particularly shine, um, as well as Canoptic Doomstalkers. Uh, canoptic reanimators and uh, one might even mention the 
um, humble and not so lowly, or perhaps lowly and not so humble, um, canoptic scarab swarms. Yes. Yes. It's the best attachment for those as well. Um, and of course, cryptic units includes any unit that is being led by a cryptic because that keyword is applied to the unit. So you are going to see immortals in this detachment being led by cryptic with plasmancers with plasmancers because reroll hits plus critical hits on fives is a pretty good combo yes so if it sounded interesting in the uh in the prior detachment it is way better in this detachment because yeah uh although i will mention it might be good if you're going to be playing this detachment go on uh etsy or somewhere ebay something like that invest in some um detachment zone markers that you can that are you know small long they have those long thin flat markers you can get um put those along the edge of the detach of the uh deployment zones so that you can tell when your stuff is within the deployment because you don't want to like waste too much time on your clock trying to figure out if one of your models is still trailing back into a different zone and therefore you're not wholly within the the right zone so just a a, a, a note I thought of just now when uh, yeah. uh, Mike was talking. Yeah. So, good show. Uh, all right. Enhancements, dimensional sanctum. All of these, by the way, guys, all four of these for this detachment are shockingly cryptech model only. So you're not, leave your overlords at home on this one unless you really want to, but then just, you're just not putting an enhancement on. Dimensional sanctum, cryptech model only. Models in the bearers unit have the infiltrator's ability. Wraiths. Yep. Great. I mean, it's good on your race for that tarpit, or if you want to do the immortals, you can also get an early game punch in uh, with a unit of immortals uh, yeah. earlier up the field. Yeah, um, probably see this on race mostly. Yeah, because yeah, because of the tarpit, you put this on a technomancer, put him with six and a squad of six wraiths, and infiltrate them. And it's sort of a lightweight version of the the cheesy Deathwing Knight routine where you're just camping out right on your appointments. On your mm-hmm. opponent's deployment zone edge, uh, just out of nine inches, and then when the game starts, you know, you can either go full ham right into their deployment zone and start, you know, locking them up into their deployment zone, or you know, pick a unit, try to murder it. Um, all right, hyperphasic fulcrum, cryptic model only, while the bear is leading a unit. If that unit is wholly within your army's power matrix, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, reroll a wound roll of one. Okay. If you've got a second right. unit of Wraiths, you probably put this on the Tech Monster. Yep. And um, this uh, this sort of harkens back to because now you're going to get hit rerolls and rerolls, uh, wounds, wound rolls of one. Um, so, you know, sort of a lightweight callback to Oath of Moment mm-hmm. for one unit. Not bad. Uh, Auto Divinator. Each time your opponent gains a CP as a result of an ability roll D6 on a two plus, you also gain one CP. Nice. Nice. So Very this nice. Is like an Immotech light, um, but this will have to be something that's written on a data card, um, an ability. Uh, you can't get it for like if someone discards tactical cards, you wouldn't be able to get it um, when they get CP from that. It would have to be like a enemy Immotech or an enemy Lord Solar or Marnius Calgor or Azria or whatever. Um, but it's a nice, oh, it's a great way of getting yeah. CP. Um, if, yeah, or an enemy Swarm Lord, something yeah. like that. Yeah. All right. So, and then metallodermal Tesla weave, cryptic model only once per phase when an enemy unit selects the bearer's unit as a target of a charge. Roll D6. On two to five, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. On a six, that enemy unit suffers three mortal wounds. 
Yeah. Um, so that's, this is when the enemy unit selects your the bearer's unit as a target. So if they're coming at you, mm-hmm. they're going to walk through a wall of pain. Yep. Yep. And this is very much um, worthwhile, especially at the 10 points it currently is, um, on one of those immortal units because they don't want to be tied up. As soon as, as soon as they're tied up, in fact, to be honest, that's the main weakness of this whole detachment, actually. As soon as anything's tied up, it's kind of out of the game. Uh, so mm. taking the Metalodermal Tesla Weave is a good way of, of a deterrent for your opponent. Um, and they don't have to make the charge. They just have to declare it, uh, which is okay. interesting. Yeah. All right. So uh, a, a gentle um, dissuasion from charging that unit. And also it's really good for, you know, those of us that build lists and all of a sudden we're at 1,990 points and go, yeah. ah, get 10 points left. I'll throw this one in. Uh, whereas I think that the first two are, are, uh, um, the dimensional sanctum and the hyperphasic fulcrum are build arounds. This is probably just a good last minute ten point throw on. Yes, and the Divinator you can probably leave at home because there's not a lot of units that allow you to gain CP, so that wouldn't trigger very often. Yeah, it depends on your meta that one, uh, and if you really want the CP, which you you may well do. Um, Imatech is he's there and he's not that expensive. Um, yeah, so just yeah, throw him yeah, there. just spend the points. Throw yeah, if you want the CP, just. Spend the points, put Imatech in your list. Loan you don't even have to put him in a unit. Just mm-hmm. stick him behind a building in the back and let him just generate CP for you all game. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, strats. Curse of the Cryptech, one CP battle tactic stratagem. Use it in your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase just after an enemy unit has shot or fought. Um, a Cryptech model unit from your army that was destroyed. Till the end of the battle, each time a friendly canoptic model makes an attack that targets the attacking unit, add one to the hit roll and add one to the wound roll. So if they kill one of your cryptics, every canoptic model in your army gets really ticked off. Yes, you swear vengeance and you get plus one to hit and wound against that target. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice. Actually, really nice. If you've got forward deploying wraith units and they're getting stuck in, um, this is a great way of taking advantage of when your opponent uses precision, which they probably should be. Um, and also yeah. great for getting you that plus one to wound um, against some of those bigger models or targets with your Doom Stalkers, because it means most of the time you'll be wounding on twos, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, real good. So um, you will, your, your um, opponent will regret killing your Cryptech. Uh, your opponent's movement phase, reactive subroutines, not a battle tactic. Uh, your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy and it ends a mo- normal advance or fallback move. Uh, target a canoptic unit from your army that is within nine inches of that enemy unit. Your your unit can make a normal move of up to six inches. All right, cool. So, yeah, sort of a sort of kind of lightweight phantasm. Yes, I mean it's got massive implications. This one, um, yeah, getting that six inch move means you could avoid being charged, which is of course very important. Um, also means you could pair this with one of the other stratagems later on to really really protect yourself. Or you could step onto an objective or perform a move block early in your opponent's turn. There's a lot of tactical scope um, for a reactive move stratagem like this. Um, but it yeah. is canoptic only, so you would not be able to use this on your cryptic-led units like the Immortals, but you could use it on your Wraiths or Reanimators or Doomstalkers. Or Scarabs. Or Scarabs. To move forward and move block and screen. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, Sinosure of Eradication Battle Tactic 2 CP so it's a little pricey 
use it at the start of your shooting phase or the start of the fight phase. One cryptic or canoptic unit from your army that is wholly within your army's power matrix. You guys told you, power matrix. It's going to keep coming around. Until uh, the end of the phase, weapons equipped by models in your unit have the devastating wounds ability. I feel like this is a little expensive for dev wounds, but your thoughts? Um, this is probably the best stratagem and the one you'll see the most in this attachment. Because it's a battle tactic, you're sticking an overlord in those immortal units with the cryptex in them, and you pop this every single turn for free. If you've got, got Imatech, you're doing it twice as well um, because you'll have the CP in the bank. Uh, so yep. expect to see this a lot. You've got four rerolls to hit on the unit, fives of crits, sustain two on those fives, and then four rerolls to wound against targets on objective markers with the immortals or just reroll one, ones to wound. Um, base so this one actually is is going to be very common and if you've got those vector style abilities out there this is a, a juicy target for that because it's very very good i just always i don't know i guess it's just because i don't roll well i i just feel like dev wounds unless you've got some sort of ability to make your to get crit wounds on something better than six up i don't feel like it's you're gonna see it very often but I'm no nice uh, this one's interesting right because it will depend on... Well, you have to be in your power matrix, so you can't even use this one. Right. Uh, so you need to play the power matrix very, very well to, to do this detachment. Uh, well, it's not quite as simple as it, it, it might initially seem um, from the sounds of it, but if you are in your power matrix, you've got crits on fives, and each five or six is two additional hits. So each of those is, a, is three hits total. So if we fire 20 shots, and let's say like a third of them are, let's say, seven fives and sixes, yeah. then we know we've got at least 30, uh, between 30 and 40 hits. And we've got the rerolls built in as well. So we're looking at, you know, yeah, 40, 45 hits. And then a lot of sixes yeah. with the reroll wounds. Uh, so it, it's got the potential. Um, but it's, um, yeah, making it free, I think, is the kicker. It's a shame it is 2CP. I'd be happy for it to be 1CP and Canoptic locked rather than Cryptek as well. Yeah. That way you could use it on Wraiths and things because they kind of need it because the AP is pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, you'll, you'll only see this really used on, on Immortals. All right. Counter Temporal Shift, not a battle tactic, 1 CP. Uh, use it in your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy and it has selected its targets. Uh, this is a Canoptic unit. Um, it is Canoptic unit locked. Until the end of the phase, your unit can only be selected as the target of a ranged attack if the attacking model is within 12 inches. So you drop blown up on a canoptic unit. Yep. Your cryptic essentially creates a bubble of um, a different time and you can't shoot the unit. I mean, it's very cool law-wise on some of these. Like, it's crazy cool. But um, yes, yeah. blown up on a canoptic unit. You want to shoot that Doomstalker. Sorry, buddy. But it's going to sit on my deployment line and shoot you the entire game. Oh, you move within six inches of my Canoptic Wraiths. They're going to step six inches back, and then I'm going to use this stratagem. You can't even shoot them. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, that is good. That's that's especially yeah, combining counter to board shift with with reactive subroutines is uh, that's a cool com cool uh, combo there. I like that. Uh, all right, Solar Pulse, uh, one CP, not a battle tactic. Uh, start of your shooting phase, one Cryptek model from your army. Select an objective marker within 18 inches of your Cryptek model. Within uh, until the end of the phase, weapons equipped by friendly Necrons models have the ignores cover ability when targeting units within range of that objective marker. So you you say that objective marker there, and then everybody within range of it can't 
they don't get cover. That's cool. Yeah, this is good. Um, Doomstalkers being AP3 is already good. If you can get them to AP3 ignoring cover, they're phenomenal. Um, so this is this is actually a really, really good stratagem that you will use at least once, maybe twice a game. Okay. And lastly, suboptimal facade, one CP. Uh, use it in your opponent's charge phase uh, just after an enemy and it's declared a charge. Uh, target one canoptic unit that was selected as a target of that charge. Your opponent's reanimation protocols activate. You declare a charge, they go, all right, there's a couple more of us here. Yeah. Yeah, you've got the potential to um, foil other charges that your opponent wants to do. Um, the limitation here is that if you don't have a reanimator, then you're only bringing D3 back. And on average, that's two wounds. It may not even be enough to bring an another model, like another Wraith back, uh, which is yeah. probably the place that you're going to be doing this. Um, and actually, if you want to manage your CP well, the other stratagems are more worthwhile saving for. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now moving on to another detachment that um may be less interesting than the annihilation legion um what tell me if you if you tell me if you think otherwise but this is my um, favorite one dave how dare you you are a liar it actually you is are... my favorite one is it really yeah really yeah i've read, this over, I've read this the the i just it just seems so limited to me i thought you were kidding i thought you were i thought you were just you were just joking you actually like this detachment? I do. It's my favorite one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then I am happy. For, I, I am excited to hear you change my mind. Uh, so, guys, this is the Obeisance Phalanx uh, detachment rule. In your command phase, select one enemy unit until the start of your next command phase. Each time an Overlord, Lich Guard, or Triarch unit from your army makes an attack that targets that unit, add one to the wound roll. So this is a this is a spin on Oath of Moment. You pick an, one enemy unit every command phase, You, but it's only one. But then all of your Overlord, Lich Guard, and Triarch units um, get plus one wound. So it's good for bringing down big stuff if you're really big on Overlords, Lich Guards, and Triarchs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, okay. a, it's a pretty solid detachment rule. It's better than reroll charges, let's be honest. Um, well, yes. So it really helps your units punch up. Um, and when we look at these keywords, Overlord units, that will include any unit that has an Overlord leading it. So your Immortals... Yes now will get plus one to wound against the target, which significantly ups their ability to, to deal wounds, especially when you pair the reroll wounds in there as well. Your Lich Guard and your Triarchs at strength five, um, these now will actually wound Marine equivalents on twos um, and your know, higher toughnesses on, on fours or potentially threes uh, if they're toughness five. So it's quite nice. It's quite nice. Okay. However, however, I don't think this is the strongest attachment. I'm not saying that. It's my favorite, both thematically and what you can do with it. The Silent King, who is does the not current have, Triarch, yeah. <laughs> does not have the Triarch keyword. Yeah, or the Overlord keyword, it should be mentioned. Or the Overlord keyword. Imatek, the Stormlord, does not have the Overlord keyword. Neither does Traz in the Infinite. The Catacomb Command Barge, who is equipped with an Overlord's Blade, does also not have the Overlord keyword. <laughs> There's a few yeah. misses in the keywords there. Um, yes. But the rest of the detachment is very solid. So you are fielding three Overlords to try to spread around that keyword as much as you can because yep. of the three. Um, I did actually just start painting up an Overlord with a, with a Void Scythe because I've always wanted that model and I was able to get, get one for cheap and I was very excited about it. That's cool. Um, 
but then I, but then uh, I saw this. I started reading through this book, and I went, "Oh, oh, oh no! Imotech's way better." But I guess okay. So, well, we'll just move on, and then you you continue to sell me on this because so far I'm thinking you've got Lichgard, which are mm-hmm. which which got nerfed in this book a little bit. Their points came down though reasonably, so I think they're still playable. They are most certainly still playable. Yes, they're still very playable. Uh, but they did get a little bit. They they did catch a little bit of a nerf. And then Triarch units, you've got the Praetorians and the Triarch Stalkers. And yes. That's it, right? That's it. Yeah. So so again, you've got three units plus anything that you can stick an overlord in. So yes. I think this is still a very limited mm-hmm. number of units that this is going to work on. Um, but anyway, okay. So enhancements, first one, honorable combatant. Uh, oh, yeah. And all four of these detachments are overlord model only. Yes. So, um. So keep that in mind too, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you listen to this. Uh, honorable combatant, each time the bearer's unit destroys an enemy character unit, your opponent loses one CP if they have any. This, by the way, I will say, as much as I'm down on this attachment, that is the coolest enhancement I have read in this intent edition. I know, right? It's not I gain a CP, it's you lose a CP. And there's not a down to a minimum of one or anything like that. No, no, no. If you're on your last CP and you thought you were saving it for some cool janky play you were going to run against me next turn no no gone i just whacked your kid and, and it's not even like your warlord it's i i just you know annihilated a lieutenant your lone op lieutenant or whoever i just got in range and i just murked him and now you lose a cp done mm. you're out oh i charged i charged your unit that has two characters attached to it oh you're gonna lose two cp yeah this it, I agree. Yeah, because yeah, it's each time the bearer's unit destroys it. So you're going to put this on an overlord with a void scythe, probably. Put him in some unit that's um, intentionally going to be doing as much murder as possible, and you're going to go character hunting. I do love that. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And it, but however, I will also say on the flip side, not that I'm trying to be negative Nancy this morning, but um, it, the fact that you can't put this on a catacomb command barge is a real bummer. Because sending a catacomb command barge out to go character hunting would be awesome. That would be very and cool. Maybe the, and maybe that's specifically why they didn't give him the give it the overlord keyword. Maybe. They figured it would be too strong. Lame. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, unflinching will. The bearer's melee weapons have the precision and anti-infantry five plus abilities. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not terrible. I think the void scythe and, and the overlord's blades have dev wounds. Um, so you would trigger them on fives. Uh, against okay. infantry and precision is okay as well. But uh, yeah, I, to be honest, don't see this one making many lists. Uh, how many points is this one? 20. 20. Yeah. yeah. For it's 20 standard. points, no, that's a little pricey. Yeah. That's a little pricey. All right. Warrior Noble, uh, each time a melee attack targets the bearer's unit, subtract one from the hit roll. All right. A little yeah. built in stealth without a range, uh, without a range limitation. I like it. Um, yep, like it. And that one is only 15 points. So it's 15 points for, for some durability on one of your, probably likely one of your key stronger units. Good. And then Eternal Conqueror is back. At least the, the name is. Uh, each time a model in the bearer's unit makes an attack that targets an enemy unit within range of an objective marker, you can reroll the hit roll. All right. You're cool. sticking that one straight in. That one goes straight in the basket. Straight in the basket. Stick it on some immortals. Put a plasma answer in. Even though it's 25 points, still very strong. Yes. In fact, you don't even need a plasma answer. We'll come on to that in a bit. Right. Uh, all right. And then strats. Your time is nigh. One CP. 
uh, not a battle tactic. Um, use it in any phase, just after your uh, opponent's warlord is destroyed. Until the end of the battle, each time an enemy unit takes a battle shock or a leadership test, subtract one from the result. It's not great. You're probably not using it. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> You're not causing a lot of battle shock. If this, if you had some sort of uh, um, shadow on the warp type ability, then maybe give give the entire opponent's army army wide battle shock at minus one. Okay, cool. Look, but, you can you can force battle shock tests with a psychomancer, but you'd have to be one yeah. in order to. To take yeah. psychomancers and, and, in the and, first place. That's very and psychomancers are probably the weakest of the cryptex. Yeah. So yeah. Um Chronomancer is also very strong. We'll get to that in a minute too. Uh Sentinels of Eternity, one CP, not a battle tactic. Use it in the fight phase just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. Targets uh one Lich Guard or Triarch Praetorians unit only. Is uh until the end of the phase, each time a mod on your unit's destroyed, um, they get four uh, fight on death. Right. Only works on Lich Guard and Triarch Praetorians. Cool. It's not bad. But again, it's only on four up. And it's only on those two units. Mm-hmm. So there's that. All right. And Slay, uh, thoughts before I move on? No, no, no. That, that one's fair. I mean, it, one CP, it's not bad. Having it in the pocket can change what your opponent's going to do. Um, and Lich Guard and Triarch are probably some of the best melee options you've got available um, yeah. without splurging on score picks. Uh, so. Four at fight on death is, is okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enslaved Artifice, one CP. Your shooting phase or the fight phase, uh, one Necrons unit from your army, excluding Titanic units. So no using this on Monoliths is what they're saying. That has not been selected to shoot or fight this phase. Till the end of the phase, each time a model unit makes an attack, an unmodified hit roll of five plus scores critical hit. Now we're talking. Yeah. This is a superb stratagem. And it's a battle tactic, and you've got overlords. Uh, you don't need a plasmancer if you've got this, which yeah. means you can take a chronomancer. You can move, shoot, move again using the chronomancer, and your minus one to hit. Um, but this this will work great on your locust destroyers for their lethal on fives because uh, they've got reroll hits. This will work great on your score pick destroyers if you want to run that route where they get lethal on fives if the character's attached um, and reroll hits helps them hit a bit harder. Uh, but this is, yeah, this also works on your Doom sides, depending on what your opponent does with their ability. Uh, but getting sustained D3 with your, your death ray on fives is pretty good. And then there's the Tesla cannon as well. Uh, so overall, a fantastic stratagem. Yeah. yeah. I like. I, I think that, that that's the kind of stratagem we should see in more detachments. Just the once per phase, once per turn, you're getting critical hits on fives just just to buff up the the output of a unit that's got lethal hits or or sustained hits. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And the, the best thing about it is it's Necron's unit. It's not limited. Yes. Uh, so you can start yeah, including the fact that some it's not of limited at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then suffer no rival battle tactic one CP. Uh, use it in the fight phase on a Lich Guard or Triarch unit from your army that has been selected that has not yet been selected to fight this phase. Till the end of phase, melee weapons equipped by models in that unit have the precision ability. So, well, all right, one CP. That's a for yeah. precision for the entire unit. Yeah, um, and you could put this on the unit that is um, maybe on the Lich Guard unit or uh, that has the honorable combatant um, equipped Overlord in it. And yep. now he's gonna. Now they're gonna be. They're for sure gonna kill that character and make make your opponent lose um, CP this turn. Yeah, so that's the, fine. 
the elimination of characters is a significant debuff on most units in in the game because you're always taking a character that usually will lead and give a good ability to your army. Mm -hmm. So now being able to for one CP or for free, because it's a battle tactic and you've got an overlord, remove a character from the game is incredible. And actually sending in Triarch Praetorians like assassins to go and get rid of a character, pop the plus one to wound on that unit, send them in, use this, kill the character. You don't mind if you lose the Triarch Praetorians because now maybe your opponent doesn't have a five at Phil of Pain, or maybe they don't have sustained and lethal on fives. Uh, so this is, uh, in my opinion, uh, another fantastic stratagem. And one to be very wary of if you're playing against this army. Yeah, fair. It, depending on, and, and let's be honest, everybody, everybody listening to this, you, you know that when you're, when you're building your lists, you're looking for those combos of what character right, can I put into this unit to, make, to buff it up. Taking that buff away from that unit will hurt. So on top of the losing a CP, if that's, if that's uh, the, the stack that's happening. So cool. All right. Nano assembly protocols, one CP battle tactic. Uh, played in your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase. Just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. Uh, target one Necron's vehicle unit from your army. Uh, that was selected as the target of one or more of the attacking unit's attacks. Till the end of, end of the phase, uh, minus one to the damage characteristic of that attack. So, well, minus one damage when they're trying to kill one of your vehicles. That's cool. Minus, minus one damage for one CP on a vehicle. Yeah. Any vehicle yeah. in the Necron Codex is insane. That's the Silent King. That's a monolith. One CP. Yeah. Or even just a Doomstalker, which is a really tall model. Exactly. And the Doomstalker is going to be in most lists anyway, as it is. So mm. that one, all the Triarch Stalkers that you're probably taking with this attachment. Um, yeah. yeah. Fantastic stratagem again. Uh, so there's a fair, and, and it's just not limited. What I like here is that you do have those Lich Guard and Praetorian buffs, but you can now take vehicles. You can take a Necrons unit that's going to get crit fives. Um, you've got play here with different units as well. Yeah, that's true. You're not as locked into now. Your your army rule, your your rather your detachment rule is not going to work on anything other than those limited units. But you at least you got some some strats that give you some support for for your non lich guard non triarch units. Mm -hmm. um, all right, territorial obsession. Last one, one CP. Uh, not a battle tactic. Played in your command phase. Target one lich guard or triarch Praetorians unit from your army till the start of your next command phase. Add one to the OC characteristic of models in your unit. If your unit has the vehicle keyword, um, add three to the objective control characteristic instead. The, what? How do they get the vehicle keyword if it's only targeting Lich Guard and Triarch Praetorians? This is a, a mistake, I think. Uh, and I think they, were, they probably meant to put just Triarch units oh, rather yeah. than Praetorians, and it's probably supposed to buff Stalkers. Um, hopefully we can see some kind of FAQ on that front. Um, yeah. Needless to say, any way to affect OC at the flip of a switch is a phenomenal stratagem. Yes. Yeah. Add plus one OC. I mean, frankly, plus three to a Triarch Stalker would be nice, but plus one to yeah. uh, 10 Lich Guard is even better or to 10 Praetorians is even better. Yeah. You'll flip objectives so, with this and you'll stop your opponent yeah. score in primary. If they did work on Triarch Stalkers, it would put them at OC seven, uh, which is very impressive. Um, yeah. For most, for a vehicle, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's good. All right. And then uh, that's it. Last but not least, um, the, 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 the detachment that is the one that has my interest the most because it's got all kind of shenanigan mission play, the Hypercrypt Legion. 
of course you and and don't but also don't get it twisted guys if you if you want to play murder and you like um shiny un, undead star gods this is also your detachment as i've heard um mike i have done a whole lot of talking you want to sum this one up for for everybody yeah yeah absolutely so uh you got hyperphasing is the rule here at the end of your opponent's turn you can uh take units necron units that are not in engagement range and put them into strategic reserves in incursion or a thousand point games, that's two units. Strike force, two thousand point games, that's three units. Uh, and then anything sort of bigger than that is four units. So most of the time, strike force games on the competitive scene, you're taking three units off the board, and this is any unit, any Necrons unit, includes monoliths, anything, um, includes Satan. They go into strategic reserves. So what that means is they don't actually have to arrive the turn after either. But what it also means is that they don't innately just get deep strike. So if you do have a unit that doesn't have deep strike and you put it in reserves, it will have to come in from a board edge unless you take advantage of, of one of the excellent strats available or use the monoliths uh, Eternity Gate. But this itself is a very, very strong and interesting army rule. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the timing of it. At the end of your opponent's turn, you take them off the board. So it's the end of your turn. I'm going to take everything off the board. I'm going to take these three units off the board. Oh, my turn. Now they come right back on the board. You're literally teleporting three units or potentially four, as we'll get to in a second, around the board willy-nilly. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, the first enhancement is Dimensional Overseer, Necron's model only, so you put on any character you want. While the bearer is on the battlefield or in strategic reserves, which I think is a very interesting rule that they've... Um, that they included add one to the number of units from your army that you can select for the hyperphasing rule. So now you can teleport four units around or put into strategic reserves. I should say. Yes. Four units. Yeah. Great on a hex mark destroyer with an eight deep strike. Cause it means you can always pop him up and down and you don't have to worry about the, the micromanagement of, of the other, the other targets for it. Um, but yeah, great little cheap enhancement. Yep. Uh, next one, arisen tyrant. Necrons model only. Each time a model, these are all Necrons model only. So these, all three, all four of these enhancements, you can put on any character you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arisen Tyrant. Each time a model in the bearer's unit makes an attack, reroll a hit roll of one. If the bearer's unit was set up on the battlefield this turn, like maybe say they came out of hyperphasing, reroll the hit roll instead. Pretty good money. It's money. Pretty good. Yeah, Love and it. this will also work if you teleport to the monolith whilst it's still on the board. Because you get, yeah. as per the Eternity Gate, you get removed from the board uh, and you set up as if it were reinforcements. So you would still get this if you were teleporting, teleporting through the, the monolith, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I have, I have uh, had fantasies of a three-man squad of heavy destroyers with um, Adminic Exterminators for the obnoxious amount of shots that is with a Locust Lord just coming off the board, just coming in from different flanks every turn and just wreaking havoc. And getting yep. hit rerolls. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to use it. Uh, probably the most common way you'll see this is, is those Tesla Immortals with a plasma answer. Yes, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, come walking out of an Eternity Gate too. Mm. Um, uh, as long as you can move the monolith around the board, which is going to be the only limitation I'm going to have. I'm going to have to figure out how to move that thing around the board. Because <laughs> um, it's a big old model. has a lot of terrain. All right. Hyperspatial Transfer Node. Each time the bearer's unit advances, do not make an advance roll for it. It auto advances six inches. Yeah. I mean, it's good. 
It's good. Yeah, like it's sure, you're going you're gonna to take units off the board and stuff, but um, not all of them. Uh, so you could put this on wraiths, get them to move six inches, sixteen inches automatically, to form your tarpit wall. Uh, even scorepex, I would argue, being able to advance fourteen inches to set up a future charge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, and for fifteen points, it's it's very affordable. If you want that fifth unit, that's going to make sure that you're you're you know you've already put you've already bought dimensional overseer, which by the way is ten points to have that extra fourth unit to teleport around. Spend another fifteen, and then this unit's going to be advancing wherever you want. Um, yeah. very strong. And then lastly, osteoclave fulcrum models in the bearers unit have the deep strike ability. Ding 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 ding. Yes. So now you place the sheet reserves. You can arrive via Deep Strike. Super. Yeah. You're sticking that straight in the list, along with Arisen yeah. Tyrant. Um, 20, just, just build in 20 points into your list. You are yeah. going to, yeah. and Arisen Tyrant's 25, so there's 45 points of your list already spent. But just yeah. plan on it. Works on your Immortal Bricks. Works great on your Locust Destroyer Lords. Um, yeah, any of those shooting units, this will work really, really well on. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then uh, Stratagems, I will point out just ahead of time, uh, for those of you listening, these stratagems are meant for monoliths. Yes. Um, for only them. one of them actually uses is is monolith keyword locked, but as you will very quickly figure out, they they all are intended to go on monoliths. This is the monolith detachment, which is why I'm excited because monoliths have always been sort of underappreciated or underserved. I think in pretty much since they were invented. Yeah. And um, this this detachment is going to make them sink. So first one, hyperphasic recall, two uh, CP, not a battle tactic. Use it in your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase. Just after an enemy unit has shot or fought, one Necron's infantry unit from your army that had one or more of its models destroyed, um, uh, as a result of the attacking unit's attacks, and one friendly monolith model um, effect. Remove your infantry unit from the battlefield and then set it back up anywhere on the battlefield that is wholly within six inches of your monolith model not within engage range of one or more enemy units. So somebody starts picking on your infantry, Big Daddy Monolith says, no, come here. Come back here to me. I give you love. Yes. Basically that. And you can use that to set up going into hyperphasing with that unit or simply to set up a future turn. Um, You could teleport onto an objective marker. There's loads of different things you can do with this one. Um, You could could camp this unit right behind your monolith next to the um, Canoptic Reanimator that is also camped there so that they... Mm-hmm. Re- regenerate really, really well for a turn before you yeet them back out into the world. Yeah, absolutely. So a great stratagem is TCP, um, but you know we can stick him in yeah. straight in the list. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I think this list because you've got two. You, all of the strats are really good, or most of them are really good, and two of them are two CP. So this is a also Imatech is an auto include necessity in this list or in this yeah. attachment. Uh, All right, Cosmic Precision, 1 CP, not a battle tactic. Play it in your movement phase uh, on one Necrons unit from your army that is arriving using the Deep Strike or Hyperphasing abilities this phase. Your unit can be set up anywhere on the battlefield that is more than three inches horizontally away from all enemy units. Whatever unit you want that is Deep Strike in this turn, they're all Inceptors. There you go. Or even if they don't have Deep Strike, you've now given them Deep Strike at three inches. The Nightbringer. Yeah. You want to get him close? Done. Yep. Yep. You're coming in, even if you're coming in from a flank. There you go. You may not have deep strike, but you're coming in from the side. Three inches. Don't care. Guess what? He's going to have a three inch, your, your Nightbringer is going to have a three inch charge. 
and oh my god, the Nightbringer. Um, oh, well, you can't I, charge after. Oh yeah, no, you can't charge. That's right. Can't That's charge. right. I was just gonna say the restriction is you. you the unit <laughs> that cannot the declare a charge in this turn, but maybe you can hold out until your opponent's yeah. next turn and yeah. then uh, heroically intervene or something. Worth clarifying: if you come in from strategic reserves, that's normally a board edge. But if you use this stratagem, it does say that you will come in as if you're deep striking because it's anywhere on the board horizontally. So even if you don't have deep strike, you now suddenly have deep strike at three inches. Oh my god, um, I didn't read it that way. So your Nightbringer that doesn't have deep strike now could set up on the battlefield anywhere that's three inches away, um, which is superb. Um, it's also there's tricks with tomb blades that move after they've shot, so you can take objectives. Your monolith might be stuck with a place to, to land, three inch deep strike, then teleport a unit to it over an inch away from the enemy. There's tricks. There's so many tricks with this. Wow. Army. Holy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't read it that way. I, I was just reading the effect, and I just was like, oh yeah, it's, they have to come if they're coming from deep strike or hypervasing like slash. Strategic reserves, but it's specific. Oh yeah, it's good. Oof. It's real good. That's real strong. Real strong for especially for one CP. Real strong. All right, next one: quantum deflection one CP, not a battle tactic. Uh, your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase just after an enemy unit has selected its its targets. Uh, you play this stratagem on one Necron's vehicle unit that is the target of one or more of your attacking units attacks. Uh, till the end of the phase, models in your unit have a four plus invulnerable save. Monolith now is a four pin. Yep. Or, or, or a reanimator. Or there's, a, there's a limited pool of Necron vehicles that don't already have a four pin one. Um, right. So, really, this is the monolith, let's be honest. Uh, so, yeah, superb. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the next one uh, Dimensional Corridor, 2CP. Now, this is the other 2CP strat. Uh, played on one Necron's unit from your army that was set up on the battlefield uh, this turn using the Eternity Gate of the ability of a monolith model from your that started the turn on the battlefield your unit is eligible to declare a charge this phase right you your unit comes walking out of a monolith and they can charge and they don't yeah. have to be nine inches away they just have to be out of engagement range yeah yeah they just they walked out of the monolith they're 1.1 inches away they's going to charge real strong if you want to throw say lich guard or a scorpec into because I think Scorpex can, can come out of the Eternity That's Gate right. too, right? So, yeah, yeah, they're infantry. Um, they're yeah. infantry. Yep, the only restriction here is that the monolith has to have been on the table at the start of the turn. So it couldn't have come on from reserves that turn to do it. Uh, so you're going to need right. a little bit of setup for this one um, or use it as a defensive countermeasure. Um, but it's yeah, yeah, an excellent strategy. So if you know you're going to do this, you the turn before, you just leave it on the table and float it forward, mm -hmm. and then when they shoot at it, you give it the quantum deflection for a pinvuln. It survives, might be a little injured, dust it off, and then outcome walking your um, units of uh, murdery goodness. Mm -hmm. oh, love it. I'm, I'm so excited about this. Um, and reanimation crypts. Uh, next one, one CP. Play it in your command phase on your warlord. For each of your Necrons units in reserves, that reserves units reanimation protocols activate. So normally you don't reanimate when you're off in the hyperphase corridors or wherever where you're, you know, getting ready to deep strike. Now they all get to reanimate safely and quietly. Yep. This is actually extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. powerful. Yeah. For those units that are maybe big models where you could bring back an entire big model, 
um, back onto the table. That's yeah, it's it's very very good. Uh, and then the last one, entropic damping, Wargear strat, so not a battle tactic. One CP. Uh, actually, yeah, none of these are battle tactics for this. So no, no vecting this, no vecting this detachment either. It's another little bonus. All right, entropic damping, one CP. Use it in your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit selects its targets. Uh, target this stratagem on one Titanic unit. <coughs> cough. Monolith. Cough. Um, one Titanic model from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of the attacking unit's attacks and is within 18 inches of the attacking unit. Till the end of the phase, weapons equipped by models uh, shooting at it or attacking it have the hazardous ability. This is actually pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, obviously, works better the more weapons your opponent's firing. Um, yeah. But if, if your opponent's firing, I don't know, a, a tank with, let's say, a repulsor executioner, uh, which has seven different weapons, that's potentially 21 mortal wounds it could do to itself. Uh, um, so. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah, this is. This is but even if, it, even if it only clips off, you know, nine or 12 of its units from itself that's still great mm. and yeah. then your monolith will shoot it back with death rays and murder it mm-hmm. so yeah so that's that's it guys those are the detachments uh you know we i, I hope we you know, it's an hour and 18 minutes right now so uh we obviously not including commercials so a lot of cool detachment stuff obviously um i i have a completely different eye now for the obeisance phalanx or the obeisance as a phalanx, yeah, the one, the one that um, the mic really likes, and uh, but I am still all about the hypercube legion and all the movement shenanigans that that's going to create. Plus, I'm just excited that monoliths are going to be good again, uh, or possibly, depending on how you look at it, good for the first time. Now, um, Mike, let's uh, take a real quick break, and then we'll come back for uh, Siege Studios, and then we're going to come back and talk about um, specific units that improved and and your overall thoughts. Sounds so, good. We'll be right back, guys. And now for a word from our sponsor, C Studios. They are the experts in providing professional miniature painting services, ensuring your armies always look their best on the battlefield. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, C Studios can help bring your miniatures to life. Don't miss out on their quality craftsmanship. All right, we are back. Uh, before I forget and go any further, guys, don't forget to just come join us on the competitive Warhammer 40k community Facebook page. The password this month, in case you didn't know, is Emotech. Because he's awesome. Um, and no spelling check um, required. Be creative, but make sure that you actually do use the password. I've had a lot of people try to join lately without using the password. And then they say they listen. They, they, they answer the question, do you listen to the podcast? Yes. Password blank. Give me the password or you're not getting in. All right. Now, with all that said, what are the major units that have, you know, what are, what are the, 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 the other big changes to this book that people should be aware of? Uh, so I'd say one huge change is Resurrection Orbs uh, and the way that they they work. So Resurrection Orbs previously allowed you to initiate reanimation for your unit in the opponent's command phase. Now, some people have viewed this as a nerf, but the Resurrection Orb is now once per game. You use it at the end of any phase and you, re- re- you do your reanimation for D6 wounds. And that's that. And you can't do more than one resurrection orb per turn across the whole army. So that's a massive change. It also has massive implications because you could do this after your units arrived from reserves and decrease your charge distance if you've lost models. 
You could do this at the end of a shooting phase where you've lost models, use a resurrection orb, and now they're charging into a full strength unit. There's you could pair this with your reanimator, and you could get D6 plus D3 back. Uh, there's there's a lot you can do with the resurrection orb now. Uh, a lot of tricks you can do it at the end of the command phase um, to get the points like um, your objectives. And actually, you could initiate it after you've done your reanimation protocols. Because when you reanimate, you set up within coherency of the existing models. Then that's done. New reanimation, you can now start to conga line from the models you just reanimated using the resurrection orbs. So that's one massive change, is resurrection orbs. Which also does make the catacomb command barge also very uh, desirable because that, unlike the other resurrection orbs, they all have to be done within on the unit that the character is leading. But since catacomb command barges don't lead, you could use it on any unit within six inches. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's that's a nice little bonus as long as you're planning ahead where your command barge is going to be to do its reanimations. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be for wraiths or, or God knows what that you're yeah. uh, reanimating as well, which is great. Which brings us on to our next point, wraiths. They're four wraiths. wounds now. And they can be led. And that leader has uh, the ability to give them the five plus feel no pain. Uh, ability yeah great great very tanky unit if you want to use this uh, in sort of tactical ways then the canoptic court we've already discussed if you want to use this for damage then look at the awakened dynasty uh, because you can actually do real damage with rates in that one so wraiths massive glow up the next yeah. one and 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 the race if they're going to be led by a technomancer the technomancer gives them d3 wounds back in addition yep. to regular reanimation protocols so the technomancer with race they're going to be healing 2d3 oh, average four wounds i.e yeah. average one full model per turn per yeah absolutely absolutely but bear in mind the technomancer that's not a reanimation so the technomancer's rule can't bring models back it can heal existing ones um so you could see some yeah yeah the full race come back every turn yeah you just got to pick in what order you activate them you can yeah. you can do uh, well, no, reanimation happens in command phase. Yes, and then his ability is movement phase. Right, and Technomancer is movement phase. So you're you're going to hopefully bring back a well, partially wounded model in the command phase, and then Technomancer will finish healing him up yeah. in the movement phase. Yeah, very All nice. Right. Very cool. All right. Sorry, I cut you off. Carry on. No worries. Tomb Blades. Now, if you didn't have these, time to get them. Uh, they have changed, so their their ability used to be that they were minus one to hit. Uh, that's now baked in as one of their equipment options. They can have stealth uh, as an equipment option. Their ability now is that after they've shot, they can make a normal move of six inches, which yeah. is nuts. This unit can move 12 inches, advance, shoot assault weapons, it's Tesla guns or assault, and then move another six inches. Uh, so you have a huge amount of reach with these, and they're not the easiest things to kill in the world with uh, Stealth and um, uh, Toughness 5. Yeah. So another... I will I will say from personal experience, again, from uh, last weekend's uh, weekend of, of 40K practice, because um, Gargoyles have this ability. Gargoyles will come down, they can deep strike in, and then they will shoot, and then they will move six inches, and they will grab objectives off of you, and you will not be happy. And Tomb Blades can do this too. They can come in... Maybe say if you're hyperphasing, they can come in from strategic reserves, shoot, and then move six inches and get either onto a point or close to a point. 
Maybe so, even drop three inches away. Maybe shoot. even drop three inches and away. Move. Shoot and then move onto the objective. Mm. So, <clears throat> lot of lot of good shenanigan mission play with Tomb Blades. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then another much improved unit is actually the Triarch Stalker. So really, yeah. How did that slip by me? So this guy's now got a scout of eight, uh, an eight-inch scout move. Um, what was it before six? No scout at all before. Oh, no okay. Scout at all. So now this guy's like twice as fast in the early game. It's gun. Uh, the the heavy Gauss cannon array used to be three shots to a link. Now it's a straight six shots. Uh, strength eight okay. minus two two damage, which is good at twenty four inches, and it has the ability to strip cover from your opponent's targets. So if you are worried about your your AP two shots or even your AP three Doomstalkers, now you can send this guy forward and get rid of cover off enemy units. And for the one hundred twenty five points that he currently costs, moving eight inches. With toughness eight, twelve wounds, a four pin run, an OC four, and all the things I've already talked about, that is an incredibly cheap, efficient package, as well. Yeah, so, an I mean that one. is that is the stat line, of basically, of a um, ghost kill of a Tau ghost kill. The the eight movement, eight toughness, twelve wounds, four up, uh, or it doesn't have the uh, involve. Normally has a two up save, but the eight toughness and twelve wounds is very hard to shift. And mm-hmm. this guy has a four binvuln, and this guy heals himself, so yep. could theoretically be very hard to shift. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good unit actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a good shot, Mike. All right, what else? Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm not sure too much else has changed uh, data sheet wise. I'm having a quick scroll through. We talked about the reanimator um, getting nerfed. Lichguard did have a data sheet change, not for the better, sadly. They can't be joined by any of the cryptex. Uh, and now the strength of a weapon has to be higher than their toughness for them to get the minus one to wound. Yeah. I'm starting to think of that as 10th edition uh, transhuman. Yeah. Because there's nothing yeah. has pro- proper transhuman like we're used to in 9th, but there's several units now that have the, if the strength is higher than the unit's toughness, then they minus one to wound. So yeah. it sort of functions in a lot of ways like, a, a form of baby transhuman. So yeah, it does. Um, crypto it's, thralls. It's it's still strong. Oh, it crypto is. thralls got a bit of a nerf, didn't they? They did. So they don't have a feeling of pain four plus anymore, but they do have three wounds each. Uh, so it's sort of a, a side. Well, it's a considerable nerf if you were good at rolling fours, um, but an improvement if you never rolled any fours with them. Uh, so yeah. crypto thralls have been uh, have been nerfed. I mean, immortals are obviously worth talking about because they're now the new the new oh, warriors yeah. so to speak yeah. uh, and this is actually mainly because the tesla carbine had its ranged increase to 24 inches uh, and it of course was war- 12 over 18 before there. yes yeah exactly that yeah. Um, and it's assault so these units can advance fire their full payload um, and you know with sustained its two re-rolls or the plasmancer now starts to kick out um, enormous amounts of uh, of shots uh, and uh, another unit following straight on from that that pairs very well is the brand new Lord with Translocation Shroud which is a cool model by the way it actually I think should have been in the running for one of the best models this year um, because it's a very yeah. unique design not having parts of the model there because they're being sort of uh, phased in sadly yeah. though this guy does kind of make a normal Overlord redundant 
um, because his ability yeah. allows his unit to auto advance six inches, um, essentially as if they they fly. Um, so, oh, but it's way better than fly because they move right through terrain. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to go up and over. No, exactly that. Exactly that. But they are infantry, so um, it's by the by. Uh, but yeah, all of their normal moves, advances, or fallbacks are also fly, so you can't lock these guys in. Um, you can't move block them, and you get a guaranteed 11-inch move with the unit. That means your immortals can auto-advance six. They'll move 11. They'll shoot. Um, and if you do have a chronomancer, they'll then move another five inches, which is excellent. And he's got a resurrection orb. And a Lord's Blade, so you, there isn't really more you could ask from the Translocation Lord, uh, which yeah. is, yeah, superb. Yeah, he's very, very cool model and very, very good stat card. Yeah. Uh, and then Necron Warriors got a, another change. Now you, you re-roll the dice for your reanimation protocols instead of mm-hmm. getting the, the D6, like you mentioned at the start. And then didn't they, they their guns get a nerf too? Uh, I think they may have been three up ballistic skill before. I don't, I don't know. They may have been four up. Yeah. But, uh, the, the Reaper, I think, has shorter range now. It's twelve inch range. It might have been fifteen yeah. or something. Some kind of there was some kind of nerf that their I think their that their guns caught. It's just a minor one. Yes. But anyway, um, pour one out for Silver Tide. That's yeah. If if you liked that build, if you liked that idea, which thematically it was cool, but yeah, play style that that is no more. So functionally, Dave, the final unit that needs to be talked about is Satans. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these guys half damage still, but all of them have suddenly just got Field of Pain 5 plus. Yeah. And they're cheaper than they were. Yeah. Somebody at GW said, you know what? There aren't enough Satan on the board. They need love. And, and they, they got love. They got it. They got love. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Satan, Dave? Uh, I'm I'm caught between the Void Dragon and the Nightbringer. The Nightbringer is I don't think he looks like he belongs in a Necron army, but by God, he just kicks ass. Um, but then as far as look wise, I the the Void Dragon looks like he belongs in a Necron army. The way he's sort of yeah re re, comp, re uh, he's digitally reconstructing himself. So, and he's also very strong. His data card is stupid good. He he will make vehicles hate themselves. So, yeah, yours? Uh, for me, I mean, the Void Dragon's obviously such an epic model. I would love to see a redesign of some of the other ones. I do love yeah. the Transcendent Catan because it sort of teleports around the board. It's a very superhero anime style ability um, where it just, you know, flashes across the board and uh, emits lightning. Um, yeah. In terms of tactics, I do like the Deceiver. Uh, I feel like this guy now, with stealth, half damage, and feeling a pain five plus, becomes ludicrous. Um, yeah, for, for armies to have to try and kill, um, and he's OC six for some reason compared to the others. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that before. Yeah, all the others are four, right? Yeah, yeah Nightbringer's four. Yeah, they're all OC four except the Deceiver, who's six. Yeah. So, all right. I like that his melee weapon is golden fists. Yes. <laughs> this this summarizes what's about to happen to your unit when, when he attacks you. You're yeah. Getting the golden fist. Yeah. Someplace uncomfortable. Yeah. He also has six anti-character four plus dev wounds precision shots from his gun. Yeah. 
So if They're you roll only damage well, one though. If you roll yeah. well, you could you could kill an apothecary or you know a smaller character. Yeah. Um, or maybe 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 if you if you get all of your shots in and everything hits, which is possible, you could kill a space ring captain. You could. So yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that, I think that's the that's the least interesting of of all of, of a very very interesting data card. So yeah, I, yes. I agree with you. He's he's very cool. The the Nightbringer with his um with his scythe that on the strike has dev wounds, six attacks, two up weapon skill, fourteen strength, neg four, AP damage D six plus two. <clears throat> he can kill a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. his and his sweep is fourteen attacks at eight neg two two, both mm-hmm. of which hitting on twos. So yeah, he he's gonna kill a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he can kill a lot of stuff. So. All right, I think we covered all of the high points and the low points. I for some reason I deleted the my I uh, downloaded the index. My I had downloaded all the indexes at the start of the edition. I I accidentally deleted the Necron ones because I was going to do a side by side on. Instead, I'm we're stuck working on my apparently squirrel functioning brain this morning. We're trying to remember the differences <laughs> between what the warriors were and are now. <clears throat> so, uh, all right, Lichgard. Uh, we talked about them. Yeah, dropped 60 points for a unit of 10. Yeah. Which actually, you know, for their nerf, I think they're still worth it. But 170. Oh, yeah. 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 Now you can, you know, you can put two squads of 10 in your list and, you know, they're, you're not going to feel bad about it. They'll, they'll die a little faster than they did before, but not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're very cool. All right. Um, oh, we got to mention. The convergence of Dominion. You can now field it as one, two, or three minerals. You don't have to take all three. Thank God. <laughs> Codex is broken. Everybody go home. <laughs> okay. Cool. Just I just need GW. I'll do it for free. Hire me on a on a uh, on, for free. Just you know, feed me for a couple of days, and I will make all of your your fortifications actually work. Mm. I don't know why fortification rules. They can't seem to get them right. Convergence of Dominion. Doesn't do anything. It's ridiculous. Never mind. All right. Um, all right. I just had to get my my band it's, slash. No, it's fair. Oh, it's fair. the other character we got. The other character we, that that went down in points we got to mention is Illuminor Zeris. Yes. Yeah. He went down in some points. I think ten or something, like five or ten. Nothing huge, but uh, as you guys will read when in, in a couple of days we will get the the blog article put up. By the time you guys hear this, the blog article should be on the website. Um, the um, Matt Laura thinks that Illuminor Zeris walks on water. So, and, and we will try to explain why, but yeah, he's, his abilities are very strong. Um, and so you, you will, he's, if you're going to play Necrons, you're going to want to take an extra look at Illuminor Zeris. Yes. Yeah, if you go in, if you go so, in Immortals or Necron warrior heavy, cause he busts battle line. Definitely, definitely worth looking at Zerus. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's got the cryptic keyword. So if you're gonna play Canoptic Court, you're gonna want to stick him in there too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, I think that's it. Um, all right, now before we get out of here, I did have a rules lawyer question from Mister Tom Pedley, um, and it's Necron related. So, uh, he's got there's a couple of subparts to this question. So, um, Mike, I'm gonna need your help on this one. Okay. He says I have a Nec- He says I have a Silent King Necrons model. A couple of queries regarding this unit. Um, when do I need to take a Battleshock test on this unit? When both Menhirs are destroyed or when Zarek is at less than eight wounds and no Menhirs remaining? 
when both men his are destroyed. Yeah, sadly, there's no fancy rule about him ignoring the men his being destroyed. Uh, clearly, they mean quite a lot to um, Zarek, the Silent King. Yeah. They're his personal men his. He's had them for a very long time. Yeah. Had them when they were pups. They're his emotional support obelisks. He would get very yeah. upset if they were both destroyed, clearly. Yeah. Yep. Obviously. So to protect his his emotional support obelisks. Um, all right. Uh, and then the, he said, there are other issues with this unit being three models. If Zarek is not a leader, could I assign wounds to him instead of the men here's? Can an opponent target Zarek specifically with precision? So your opponent won't be able to use precision against Zarek. Well, actually, yes, you can. You can, because but all three models are characters. Um, so you can use precision to pick one of the models to allocate to, but also as the player with the unit, you can allocate to Zarek instead of the uh, the men here's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, I the precision rule says each time an attack made with such a weapon successfully wounds an attached unit. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, no, you wouldn't be able to use it because it's so, not an no. attached unit. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Rules lawyer for the win. I'm like, I'm going to read the rule real quick while, while you were talking, and then I, yes. Immune to precision. Yeah. So he is immune to precision. So yes, you can take the damage on the emotional support obelisks, which I'm now going to call men here for the rest of time. Yep. <laughs> All no, right. my men um, is. Not I'm my not men is. Anymore. No. I'm nothing without them. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then uh, as to your other question, Tom, um, can you assign wounds to him instead of the men here's? Um, I think you can assign wounds to yeah. whichever. Yeah. Yep. The rule says if a model in the target unit has already lost one or more wounds or has already had attacks allocated to it this phase, that attack must be allocated to that model. So if you start taking wounds on Zarek, you've got to finish taking wounds on Zarek. Yep. But if you start taking them on the men here's, you got to finish off the men here first, which it more than likely is what you want to do because if, if Zarek goes, the men here's go. But if the men here's go and Zarek's on the table, you have a chance of uh, reanimating the men here's back on the table. Yeah, yeah you do. Oh. Also, to answer the question before someone asked it, um, there would be three units here that count for um, assassinate. If assassinate's done via a, uh, a model, then this is three uh, character models. Oh, good shout. Um, but if it's done by unit, then it is still just a one. Good shout, dude. Yeah, good call. Um, so just double All check right. the, the wording there. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. I think we're good. Cool. We're at an hour and 40 minutes. This is going to be a long episode, guys. Thank you for staying with us very much. Um, uh, somehow, I don't know, people on 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 Reddit and, and Twitter and our X, whatever, uh, have decided that this codex is garbage, as they do with all new codexes. Of course. Uh, that the, the GW has betrayed this faction utterly, and all, all life as we know it is coming to going to stop instantaneously. Um, the sun mm -hmm. will turn as black as sackcloth. The moon will turn to blood. Dogs and cats will be living together. Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. Um, uh, I would, and I think Mike would too, politely disagree with that that um, theory. Um, agree? That, uh, yeah. I mean, this is a great book. This is an yeah. awesome book. It's probably one of the most interesting books that's been done yet. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I think this is one of the most interesting codexes. It is certainly, I think, the most interesting codex that's come out this edition. Yes. It may be one of the most interesting codexes that has come out in several editions of the game. Mm. I think this has got a very, this is what I think GW set out, what they had in mind when they did 10th edition. Yeah. I think this, this book encapsulates what they were trying to achieve. Lots of different play styles, 
all of which are viable. It, minus the Annihilation Legion. Minus well, the Annihilation Legion. You, you, you yeah. beat me to it. But yes, agreed. No, guys, seriously, you, if you want to play Annihilation Legion, go for it. It might work in a Crusade League. It might work if you just put in a metric ton of reps. You might craft a list that works and comes to LVO in, in, or, or, um, or Beachhead or something, one of the other big events coming up soon. And, you know, redefines everybody's opinion. So do it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was swearing that Sisters of Battle were crap until they, you know, they won three majors um, last month. So yeah. now all of a sudden people are like, oh, no, Sisters of Battle, they've always been amazing. Yes, now you say that. So, yeah. all right. Um, I am still going to go back to uh, hit some of the indexes, guys. Don't worry. Um, just because codexes are rolling out, um, we are going to be hitting. Uh, I'm still going to go back and pick up some of the indexes. If I can ever get Steve to stop recording videos, that's not going to happen. Um, Mike will get a day off and I will be able to get him back on the show to talk about um, world championships and some of the other stuff that he's been working on. Uh, so hopefully we can do that soon. Um, also, I have a special guest lined up to do Dark Angels, but since that's one of the next codexes that is on the GW roadmap, I am not going to do the index. Sorry if you're holding out your breath for the Dark Angels index. I will be skipping that one. Um, and depending on how quickly I can get around to doing new episodes with the holidays, I may also skip doing the Custodes Index because theirs is also the next four codex or the next three codexes I think that were announced as Dark Angels, Orcs, and Custodes. So we may not get to those two indexes, but if we skip them, it's on because the codex is here, so you won't have anything to worry about. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I am still working on more uh, new guests for Women in Warhammer. Um, so uh, I thank you guys again for your positive feedback on those episodes. I wasn't sure how the audience was going to take it. Um, but everybody seems to be loving those episodes. So I'm going to try to get some more episodes. If you know um, a, a, a woman, she doesn't have to be a content creator. I know the last, the, the you know, uh, Tanya and Carrie were content creators. They don't have to be content creators. They don't have to have won a super major or anything. Just a woman who is in the hobby, loves the hobby and wants to come on and talk to me about, you know, her experiences in the hobby. Um, I am happy to, to talk to that person and, and see about having them come on the show. So please feel free to, to, uh, to DM me or message on the Facebook page, whatever. And let me know if you have a suggestion. Um, I am still trying to get, I really want to get Alessandra plays 40 K. I love all of her stuff. I love her hobbying stuff. Love to get her on the show. So if you can get in touch with her, barrage her, tell her to come on the show with me. Um, okay. So that's it. Enough of my T's and C's. Mike, thank you again for your time on that's this all right. early that's all right. um, morning. I, I do have uh, one thing to plug. Yes, go for it. Um, so we have been extremely busy filming the masterclasses for the Necrons and the Adeptus Mechanicus. Um, so if you are interested in seeing our full-on in-depth takes on either of those, those codexes here, we'll talk about the Necrons in specifically, every single detachment, we write a list for it, we put it on the table for you, we talk about key interactions, key units, um, all that, and even how to actually face some of those detachments too. Um, all of that and more available in the masterclass. So hop on over to our website, um, that's vanguardtactics.com, uh, and check out some of those products today. Yeah. I, I have loved all of the masterclasses so far. Um, so you guys should definitely check it out, whether it's a faction you play or a faction maybe that you have challenge, challenges dealing with on the tabletop with your list. Um, check out the masterclasses. They are worth your time, plus they're entertaining. So yeah, Mike, thanks, man. It's good to see you again. No worries, and you. Uh, I, will, uh, I will talk to you soon. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Colmel for Michael Costello and all of Vanguard Tactics saying, I fail to see how you fail to see that it's awesome. Have a great week.